Welcome to Hexacast. My name is Charlotte, and I will be your host to guide you through a land of folklore, magic, mystery, and pagan beliefs. One of the main traditions that you see in early November in Britain is Guy Fawkes Night, or more commonly known now as Bonfire Night. This tradition dates back to 1605, when the so-called gunpowder plot was foiled in London. Nowadays, this is celebrated on or around the 5th of November. I say on or around because in more recent years, it's become more popular to celebrate on the weekend closest. However, the arrest of Guy Fawkes happened on the 5th of November in 1605. On the 4th of November, 1605, Lord Monteagle received a letter tipping him off about a potential plot, and Lord Monteagle and the Lord Chamberlain searched the cellars below the Palace of Westminster that very day. In one of these cellars was a great stack of wood and a man named Johnson. They carried on past this stack of wood as nothing seemed to be too out of order. Many things were stored in the cellars after all. But later on, a small band of men led by a magistrate visited the cellar just after midnight on November the 5th. Outside the cellar, they found the man they saw earlier who referred to himself as Johnson, and they led him to the pile of wood. Tearing this down, they found 36 barrels of gunpowder. Johnson was actually Guy Fawkes and was the man chosen to set fire to the gunpowder later that day. This would destroy the king, all the lords and the commons assembled together in the building above for the beginning of Parliament. Usually happens in the beginning of November, even now. In terms of their plans, after the king and everyone in the current Parliament were dead, the conspirators intended to seize control of the Protestant rule and instead set up a Roman Catholic leadership with which England would return to the so-called old faith of Roman Catholicism. Catholicism in England had been dethroned in 1532 by King Henry VIII, along with the general reformation which was going throughout Europe at the time. King Henry VIII of England wanted a divorce from his wife, Catherine of Aragon, Under Catholic rule, divorces were illegal. It it just could not happen. So he decided to turn to Protestantism. Therefore, as the king was Protestant, so followed the rest of the country. This is something that you see a lot of times when the countries and lands were converting to Christianity. Before they were pagan and the kings and queens were pagan rulers. But as soon as the king or queen turned to Christianity the rest of the country had to do the same. The thankful parliament, who had been saved from being blown up alongside their actual building they were in, decided that this should be observed as a holiday, November the 5th, from 1605 onwards. Now, of course, that is still happening today. In the original early celebrations, there were banners proclaiming against Catholicism, displayed everywhere, along with burning an effigy of the current Pope, alongside an effigy of Guy Fawkes. Nowadays, you don't really see effigies of the Pope being burned, but you do still see, in some places, an effigy of Guy Fawkes. 
Bonfires were lit on which to burn these effigies. And the sort of tradition of Hallowtide bonfires, it carries on through this Guy Fawkes November the 5th tradition. You don't generally see nowadays bonfires and celebration fires being lit for Halloween at the end of October. But with this tradition, it carries on, in essence, in the same time of year. So one of the rhymes that people remember and know is still repeated to this day. I mean, this happened in 1605. I was born in the early 1990s and children still are taught this rhyme. The main one that you'll hear. Remember, remember the 5th of November. Gunpowder, treason and plot. I see no reason why gunpowder treason should ever be forgot. So that is something that you'll hear people saying or singing about this time of year. Now, this was popularised by the movie that came out, V for Vendetta. I can't remember if they do actually say that saying, but it is something I think that people thought was just to do with that film, especially people that are outside of Britain. Because, for example, I live in Denmark now, but here in Denmark, we don't celebrate November the 5th in the same way as Britain does for obvious reasons it didn't happen here why would they celebrate that but it's definitely something that's ingrained within children and also adults in the UK you say to someone do you know who Guy Fawkes is and I'd say nine out of ten people would probably know what you're talking about as I said earlier you are likely to see an effigy of Guy Fawkes even now 400 years later burned on the fire Children used to go around before November the 5th asking penny for the guy. So they would literally get people to give them donations and they would buy fireworks with this. Now, when I was younger, you would see people with effigies of Guy Fawkes. They would usually be on some kind of wheeled trailer or even a wheelbarrow. Um, the thing that you use when you travel with soil or something from one end of the garden to the other. And you would have an effigy of Guy Fawkes sitting in this wheelbarrow or trailer, and you would have a collection jar, usually for charity or just for yourself, basically. If you're a kid, you want candy, you want sweets, you just want a little bit of change. It was a very, very common sight. I'm not sure how common it is nowadays, but I know back then it was. It's probably more common nowadays for you to have a great big bonfire. You could either go to a bonfire event. They have big events in towns and cities and they would usually also let off fireworks at the event. And then there would also be some kind of fairground or something for the kids to do. It, it's not the same as it used to be. It's not just sitting sitting around a bonfire, singing songs and burning an effigy of a guy who you don't like. It, there is more to it nowadays in terms of fairgrounds, fireworks, just general jolliment and enjoyment. It has also become tradition in Parliament to check the cellars below before the Parliament opens again for the year. I think it's become more of a ritual or a tradition nowadays than an actual checking of the cellars because I'm not sure that someone would do it that way if that were what they were planning, especially with the history behind this event. But I'm not sure if it's something that you can witness. I think it's more of a secret thing. But it, it's it's interesting to see how these things carry on and especially, as I say, it's been over 400 years since this happened in 1605 and 
the repercussions of it are still known. People still sing the song, people still know the story, at least to some extent. They know the name Guy Fawkes, at least, and probably the tune or the song. It's incredible the way that some parts of history will carry on through traditions and ceremony, whereas other parts are just gone. I mean, if we look back at something like the rhyme, Ring-a-ring-a-roses, it's something you get taught when you're a child. And it wasn't until I was a bit older I started looking into it that I actually found out it was from when the plague happened. Of course, the Ring of Roses was the sign on the skin that you were infected with the plague. I mean, how fitting for 2020, really. Although we're still staying with the 5th of November, we're going to be travelling down the country now to Devon. The next tradition I'd like to talk about is that of the tar barrels of Ottery St Mary. The tar barrel tradition is said to be hundreds of years old. The exact origins are unknown, but probably started after the gunpowder plot of 1605. Various alternate reasons suggested for burning these barrels have included the fumigation of cottages and also as a warning of the approach of the Spanish Armada. And even though neither of those reasons are really needed now in the century we live in today, it's still a tradition that happens every single year. The West Country does have a history of torchlight processions 
and burning barrels and ottery was only one of the many towns and villages following this annual tradition. Somewhere along the line of this annual tradition, somebody decided that rolling the barrels along the floor was a very tame tradition. Therefore, since then, they have carried full-sized, lit tar barrels on their shoulders throughout the streets, instead of them being simply lit and rolled along the way. So November the 5th each year is the traditional day that the tar barrels will be taken along the streets in Ottery St Mary. This only changes when the 5th of November falls on a Sunday and the procession and fireworks are then normally on the Saturday before the 5th of November. Alongside the rolling of the tar barrels, they also have a giant bonfire, which is an integral part of the annual carnival, and it has had many sites throughout its history. Three weeks before the carnival is set to begin, all manner of material is collected from the community to build the bonfire. So it really is a community event. The sight of the first fully laden tractor and trailer seems to herald the coming of the carnival, and in turn it generates a bout of communal pruning. On the week before the carnival, the bonfire is finalised, and it usually stands around 35 feet high, with a girth of around 50 feet. Now that is a bonfire. The guy for the bonfire was made by the Young family from 1958 to 2009. Now there is a guy competition for the children in the community and a winner is selected for placing on the bonfire. On Carnival Day, the ceremonial guy is placed on top of the bonfire and in the evening, the Carnival Vice President sets a flaming torch to the base and a spectacle of flame is enjoyed by all. The next tradition I'd like to cover is known as turning the devil's boulder or the devil's stone. This also happens in Devon in a small village known as Shebir. Whilst everywhere else in the country lights their fires and commemorates the gunpowder plot, in Shebir, Devon, the villagers are preparing to turn the devil's stone nearby. The evening events begin at around 8pm when the bell ringers ring out a violently discordant peal of bells. Afterwards, they make their way out of the church, crowbars in hand. Following the ringing of the bells, the village priest will be stood in front of a crowd of onlookers, which appears to be growing by the year, ready and waiting to see the devil's stone be turned once more. The priest will usually say very similar things to the, the year before, but of course, as all good traditions go, these words are repeated once more. Once the priest has finished the speech, there will generally be a consensus with everyone screaming, turn the stone, turn the stone, turn the stone, all together until the stone is turned. This encourages the strong bell ringers to turn the devil's stone once more. The stone itself is approximately six feet long, which is around about two meters in length, and it's said to weigh a ton. The stone is not of local origin. It's from elsewhere, such as those deposited in the ice age. 
One theory is that it may have been an altar stone brought by a pagan cult of some kind, much like the stones at Stonehenge are originally from Wales, but they now reside in Wiltshire. But there is no evidence for this. Another theory is that the devil himself dropped the stone, hence the discordant church bells are to scare him off in case he's lingering around on the eve of the turning. Finally, there is also the theory that it was quarried as the foundation stone for Hanscott Church nearby, and it was moved to Shabir by the devil or another supernatural force, and every time it was retrieved, it mysteriously turned up once again in its resting place. It is said that turning was neglected once in the First World War, and then misfortune descended upon the village. Again, in 1940, the stone wasn't turned. Of course, most of the able-bodied were off at war. The war news became so bad that they wouldn't neglect turning the stone again. And before you think what I was thinking when I was reading about this stone, they did actually turn it last year, so we definitely cannot blame this little village in Devon for what's happening with the coronavirus. This is said to be one of the oldest surviving traditions in Europe, however, although we do not know exactly when it began. From watching some of the videos surrounding this spectacle, one of the priests actually says that in Saxon times, so Anglo-Saxons, they would actually come and pay their taxes at the stone. So it may well be that this was even happening back in the Anglo-Saxon times. Another large tradition that was seen to be celebrated was known as the Feast of St. Martin, or Martinmas. Now, I'm not 100% sure if this doesn't happen anymore, or if it is only in smaller, smaller places, or perhaps your local church. They may still celebrate this. But it was traditionally on the 11th of November, and it was a time for celebration with great feasts and also hiring fairs at which farm labourers would seek new posts. Relating to Martinmas, St Martin's Day, there are a lot of weather lore, beliefs and sayings associated with this. For example, if the wind is northwest at Martinmas, the severe winter will come. Another, if ducks do slide at Martinmas, at Christmas they will swim. If ducks do swim at Martinmas, at Christmas they will slide. So essentially they're saying that if there is a frost and the ducks are sliding around on the ice at Martinmas, then Christmas time will be a very wet and warm time. Whereas if ducks are swimming at Martinmas, then Christmas will be icy and cold. Another of these, thunder in November means winter will be late in coming and going. If the geese at Martin's Day stand on ice, they will walk in mud at Christmas. There are a lot of these sayings related to November as if it's, if it's icy in November, it will be wet in December. It'd be interesting to see what happens over the years, just a kind of personal mapping of the seasons related to the folklore. 
So there seems to be a lot of these traditions with ice and mud and also a lot of information about ducks. So we'll see what happens with the winter coming. My name is Charlotte. I have been your host for this episode of Hexacast. I hope you enjoyed it. Please remember to head over to Instagram or Facebook where you can find out more about Hexacast and also our website, which is hexacast.com. Until next time, stay strange, but don't be a stranger. (laughs) 